We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. I'm hoping you're having a fantastic, miracle-filled, magical day. We're sending you blessings from Empower Radio. So thank you for being here with us. Very, very honored to be spending some time with you. So here's a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how happy would you say you are? And would you like that number to go higher? I know years ago, my answer to these questions were resounding no. I was not happy. I was maybe a one. In fact, I was deeply depressed. And I tried several antidepressants at the recommendation of my psychologist. It did not help lift the fog of anguish, anxiety, and my debilitating sadness. I finally found my way to joy through meditation, creativity, and some other helpful holistic methods. Today, thanks to my guest, Dr. Johnny Lops, we're going to be sharing with you seven tips to talk your way to happiness. Dr. Johnny Lops is a board-certified psychiatrist in adult, child, and adolescent psychiatry. The team, he used to be the team psychiatrist for the Brooklyn Nets. He's a professor of psychiatry for NYCOM and the in-residency training program at the Maimonides Medical Center. He is also the author of the self-help book, Reinvent Yourself, the essential tools from a Brooklyn psychiatrist who has seen it all. Dr. Lops is an outside-of-the-box kind of psychiatrist where he does not just contemplate the right medication to alleviate his patient's mental or emotional challenges. He also assesses for a role in cognitive restructuring, mindfulness work, parent training, executive functioning deficits, as well as acknowledging if there are significant psychostructural stressors that would benefit from the exploration or support of exercise, diet, yoga, massage therapy, hormones, even breathing techniques. So Dr. Johnny Lops, thank you for being here today to talk about your new book, Reinvent Yourself, Essential Tools from a Brooklyn Psychiatrist Who Has Seen It All, and the seven tips to help talk our way to happiness. My pleasure. Thank you. So I, again, Love you, love your book, love your holistic approach about coming to happiness. And so I want to talk to you about your path, your process, and how you've come up with these tips to help us relax into a place of peace and greater happiness. Yeah, it was just, it's been an accumulation of of growing up in Brooklyn where there's a lot of hostile language. Uh, a lot of folks walking down the street, uh, complaining, feeling agitated. And as a psychiatrist and growing into yourself and being able to look at people's presentations, get a sense, does that person look at peace with themselves? Do they look happy? Do they look like they're uh, feeling like they're, they're persevering and, and loving the journey of life? And a lot of times, it's not. I don't even know if it takes a psychiatrist to correlate how someone's sense of usage of how they're talking uh, with how they're feeling is, is probably part of it. And, and I started realizing that even though mental health and psychiatry can be a complicated field, it's interesting and fascinating, I find, about how many times there's little subtleties about the way a person is operating and the way, if you want to look at the brain as a hard drive, the way the, the hard drive is uh, being utilized in their ability to connect with people and deal with conflict, that making subtle little changes can go a long way 
that can over time avoid the necessity of of medication. I think a lot of my journey as a psychiatrist is is trying to recognize there's there are ways to not have to get to the point of needing medication. There's little things we can do with our language, our thoughts, the people we choose to have in our lives, the exercise and the activities that we get our body doing, and that if we're really invested in ourselves and invested in, in growing as a human on this planet, uh, it can make a life a lot easier if we were able to just make some of these subtle changes and incorporate them as opposed to having to go the quick, easy route of taking a medication and trying to, uh, A, minimize the side effects of my cause, uh, and B, hopeful that they're beneficial to us. Yeah, I tried them without much success, and I'm not saying they're not good. I think for some people they're very important, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah. Yeah, for me, definitely a more holistic approach, like what you're talking about, was far more effective. Mm. And I think, you know, my happiness is genuine now rather than putting a Band-Aid and, and mm-hmm. maybe feeling better, but not really, really healed on a deep level. Well, and that's so exactly what I the love book your is approach. about. Yeah, I mean, the book is pretty much about that. There's just, you know, it's not about med- medicine's never going to make us happy. It might make the intensity of the symptoms less. But invariably, if we don't work on ourselves, it's just not going to happen. No, it really isn't. So I think that that's amazing that you're bringing this information out. I think so many people can benefit from from your story, from your book, from your message. So I'm really happy to be having the conversation with you. Appreciate that. So you have some really great tips to start redirecting our lives to the direction of authentic Mm -hmm. happiness. And the first one you talk about is flipping the script on self-description. So I love that. So talk to me about what that is. Yeah. So simply, if, if you and I were friends and we haven't seen each other in a week or two and we show up in a coffee shop and, hey, Tammy, how's, how's your week going? Is it immediately going to be like, oh, Johnny, let me tell you, awful, just awful week. <laughs> Nothing worked out. Uh, I don't even know why I continue to do this. And, you know, in 10 minutes, I might be able to soothe you, make you feel better, make you realize that, like, hey, things aren't that bad. And, and yeah, I might be a good friend and be able to support you. But the question I would have in that moment is, is that how you describe life and describe all the circumstances chronically? Because if that's always going to be part of your MO and your style of dis- describing how you feel and how things are going, you're going to feel agitated. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel sad. And you're going to, again, hope. If you're not doing it for yourself, then that means you're hoping people outside are going to do it for you. But what if nobody's available? What if everyone else has got their busy things going on and they can't be there to try to flip it for you? So really trying to get folks to recognize that uh, you have to ask yourself the way you're describing moment to moment. And if they're always hostile towards yourself and you're always... Uh, frustrated with yourself, that that's going to affect your mood and that's going to make it challenging for you. So we have to learn ourselves how to flip the switch per se, like as we said, and try to find ways to navigate the optimistic things of why things occur to us. Yes. Express more in the positive way and you will start going a more positive direction. And you're going to start hanging out with people that are more fun because if you're like that, you're, who you're going to attract probably isn't going to be that much fun. Yeah. Because you're going to be a drag. That <laughs> drags yeah, I mean, people down. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely been there. I got it. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm so depressed, will you hang out with me? It's like, no, you have to, you know, book an appointment because if you're going to bring me down, you have to pay me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not fun. So then you also say, and I think this is interesting, that it's important to acknowledge our stressors. Tell mm-hmm. me uh, about that. We're all going to have stressors. Even the happiest and the most positive and the most optimistic of us, things are not going to always go as we expected. Things are not going to always go as we anticipate. When that happens, what are you going to say? What are you going to respond? If, for example, uh, someone comes up to me and says, hey, I read your book. It was awful. Am I going to immediately respond and be like, well, hey, man, you're awful, and I wish you'd never read my book. <laughs> or, and, that, and that leads to a confrontation. I'm feeling agitated. I'm starting a conflict. Or can I say, hey, thank you for me to read my book. I appreciate your opinion. I'm sorry that it wasn't as an effective read for you as I hoped for. But, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, and maybe for somebody else it could be an effective tool. Here's another book that might be better for you. And so acknowledging that I was a little stressed out, acknowledging that there was a moment of conflict, but finding the, the more neutral way to manage that conflict as opposed to, again, what you can control, your attitude, your participation in life, not throwing it back at the other person and, and enhancing and growing this negativity and this conflict that was brewing at the moment. Yeah, that certainly could have gone a different direction. You know? So I, I love that. I think that's really good. If we can stay in our equanimity and have a conversation from that place, it'll certainly yep. elevate yes. the, yeah, the situation and the direction you're going to continue right. to go. Another thing you talk about that I think is so important, this was so helpful when I started to do this, tap into your inner voice. Mm-hmm. Tap into your inner voice. Yeah. Tell me how we can do that and how that can help us. So this is, uh, this is a very important uh, tool. Uh, this is sort of one of the hallmarks of what one of the more growing therapies that are happening in the mental health field today is called mindfulness. And mindfulness and tapping into your inner voice are synonymous in the way that we have our inner voice that's sort of acknowledging our little world around us and making comments and, and sort of justifying things that are occurring. But as we nurture our emotional intelligence, you have to have an inner voice that's also observing the way that you're interacting with the world. And, and as that grows, it becomes more of a therapist for us, and it can help us uh, own our emotions and be able to neutralize them. So uh, I bring up the example when I used to have panic attacks a long time ago, my primitive voice, the voice that's Johnny, is like, oh, my God, panic attack, crazy, scary, heart racing, can't breathe, heart attack, most go to the ER. And of course, any, I think anybody who has their first panic attack, that's what they're going to experience. And I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't uh, be upset if that voice is like, go to the ER, go to the ER, must get help, call 911. That's fine. But in the long run, when you start recognizing that you're not going to die from a panic attack, that there's nothing wrong, you have to nurture that inner voice that if you get another panic attack, you have to have the inner voice that says, no, you're having a panic attack. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not going to die. No one dies from panic attacks. They don't last forever. They will stop. You need to relax and try to shift your attention to something. And, 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 and you're okay. And Johnny, you're great. Like, this, this is not going to kill you. Like, it's, I'm sorry. It's uncomfortable. And so we have to start developing this inner voice that's very soothing. And, and that can sort of modulate our emotions and help us persevere through a lot of the things in life that are hard. We have to, it, it should be a loving inner voice. And uh, a lot of people, for a lot of people, it hasn't been nurtured. So a lot of them, they have to even start creating it. Um, I consider it, the inner voice, like a director 
watching you uh, film a scene, and your primitive voice is the actor in the scene, and your inner voice is the director watching how things are going. And over time, you get better at the director telling, giving you better directions to navigate the scene better so you can overcome your stressors. You bring up a really good point. When I first started paying attention to my inner voice, it was very abusive, and I wasn't very happy. But as I have cultivated that inner voice, paid more attention, and it has become more loving, which was a habit, mm-hmm. I'm so much happier. It really is as simple and difficult as that. If we can love ourselves, we're more relaxed, and we yeah. feel better. We're right. happier. Right. So, exactly. yeah, I think that's such a great tip right there. So now that brings us to number four of your seven tips and tools to become more happy. Be mindful of a situation. Be mindful. Tell me about how we can be more mindful. Yeah. And so uh, mindful in this, you know, the last one's also a little bit of part of mindfulness. In this sense, mindfulness is also about the observations of the world around you and your surroundings. And trying to tap into your emotional consequences that occur when you're around certain peoples and places. Um, So, for example, I think this tip stemmed from one of my uh, more physical regrets when I was playing basketball about a couple months before going to medical school, and there was uh, some beef going on between me and a player who was much bigger than me. And my mindfulness should have been that this is a person that can possibly hurt me. They are much bigger than me, and they look like they have a temper and are aggressive. But because I wasn't so mindful, I was using my words in a negative way. I was being very hostile and chastising this person because my basketball skills were a lot better. But invariably what occurred to me is that I got beaten up pretty badly. <laughs> uh, and, and I suffered a pretty negative consequence because I was not mindful of who I was speaking to and trying to understand that we have to acknowledge when there's an authority figure, a boss, someone who can be more threatening to us, somebody who might not be as therapeutic as us, and that we might have to curb our instincts when we quickly want to make that retaliatory comment because we didn't like what somebody said. And so this is, in, our, in Brooklyn, we call this street smarts, this, this tip. This is about learning to know where you are, who's around you, and really being mindful of what words you're going to say and how they can be taken in by another person that, if they don't take it well, can lead to uh, sort of trouble. I like that. I've, I've had to do that in my life. Kind of like, know your audience. Pay attention. Yeah. You know, because I like swimming to the deep end of the pool. I love these kinds of conversations, but, you know, not everybody wants to. So I just try to be mindful and pay attention to who I'm talking to and mm-hmm. kind of meeting them where they're at so that don't, they don't go screaming away from me like I'm, I'm a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a really great, great, great tip. Yeah. So we are now at number five. Mm-hmm. Take control of your words. Words are so powerful. Mm-hmm. So powerful. So I love this. By our words, we'll be judged, and by our words, we'll be set free. Tell me more about how and why we should take control of our words. The words are going to dictate how people, in this example, how people can make opinions of us. Um, I think I give the example that if I get called into a boss's office and they don't offer me the position I want or I don't get the bonus I want, 
Um, you're going to stir up with some sense of anger and agitation. And here's an opportunity for you to use your words eloquently to leave a healthy mark. This is about integrity. So if I say, hey, boss, you know, I think you're making a terrible dis- decision. This company stinks. Without me and my growth in this company, you guys are going to fail. I bet you your earnings are going to go down. And, and yes, you're venting, but you're not recognizing that the boss is not you're not you're not getting the position now, but maybe they were going to think about a position for you in four months from now. But because this is the way you're using your words to cope with uh, being told something that you weren't hoping for, expecting, you're you're showing your integrity in a unhealthy way that might affect you in the long term. Um, and that could be from a work point of view. Say you're hanging out with a bunch of people uh, socially and. Uh, there's a fr- they say there's a girl there that has a friend who's single and you're and you're single. If you're just sort of antagonistic and and making fun of people around you and 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 whatnot, that person might look at you and say, "I don't want to set you up with my friend because she's not here." But I think if she was here, she would find you unattractive because the way you're just describing things and being antagonistic and abrasive, no one's going to be interested in that. That's just not loving and it's not compassionate. So. A lot of times we have to help. Uh, we don't understand the way that we're using our words around us can be uh, giving people the reasons to not want to support us or not make healthy connections that can help us grow in this world. I think that's great to be really conscious of the words that you choose yeah. because they do affect the people around us, our relationships, and again, the direction that we go in our lives. So I think that's right. wonderful wisdom once again from mm-hmm. Dr. Johnny Lobs. Mm-hmm. So now we're to number six. And I love this. It's not what we say. It's how we say it, right? (laughs) You say number six, temper your tone. Tell me more. Tell me more. Sure. So, uh, again, managing conflict, dealing with relationships. Um, If there's a a conflict, um, a lot of times we feel like we're not going to be heard. So a lot of times we'll raise our voice. We'll have an arrogant attitude. tone will be antagonistic our tone we might be derogatory and what i'm trying to have people understand is that you're only by doing by taking the style you're only moving further and further away from trying to settle this conflict i tell all my my clients people around me is that you and i can have a conversation about something that we're upset about in the tone i am using right now i know that you're upset with me that i didn't do the dishes when you asked last night and i understand you could be angry but something came up and I had to leave the house and I was planning to do it this morning. As opposed to if someone walked in and said, why didn't you do the dishes? I might, if I don't temper my tone and I'm just feeling uh, my back against the wall, I'll be like, well, you know what? The dishes, you never do the laundry. And so if we get into the habit of that's the way we're going to manage conflicts because we can't neutralize our tone, it only leads to worsening senses of agitation and and disconnect, and we're not moving in a positive way towards conflict resolution because time is limited again on this planet. And I find that the more we are disconnected because of of conflict that hasn't been resolved, that's less time that we're going to have to share healthy and positive moments with the people we love uh, or at work and trying to grow ourselves. So temper that tone, get the conflict resolved sooner than later, and go quickly back to living the life you want to live. I like that. I, I'm 
thought it was revelatory when one of my teachers said to me, you can say almost anything, even the most unpleasant of things, with, with um, love, with compassion, mm-hmm. with love. Mm-hmm. And that has really supported me in my life. You know, to, yep. to start yelling and screaming hasn't really served me to be able to articulate what I want to articulate. Yeah. And with, that's, you know, equanimity that's, is, and it's far more effective in, in manifesting what it is that I really want. And that's the most common uh, tip that is part of parenting. So, with, you know, with parents, I'll be very, uh, it'll be a funny moment. They'll, I'll say, so when your child does something that you don't like, uh, you, you told me you raise your tone, you get angry, you, get, you raise your voice. I asked, I look at him, I go, does that work? <laughs> and more times than not, they'll be like, no. And I'm like, well, not why do much. you keep doing it? <laughs> and they'll be like, I don't know. It just, it just seems natural. And, and I get it. And it does seem natural, but it's usually ineffective for, for children and for people are like our, our adults as well. Yeah. So I love that you're giving people different options and opportunities because sometimes we only know what we know. And even yeah. if it's not working, you right. give people other opportunities, other ways yep. of handling things that I think are highly effective. Yep. So I really appreciate that. Yep. Um, now we are at number seven, one of my favorites. Check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Check in with yourself. I think this is so good. Let's talk more about what that is. Yeah, and that's pretty much the culmination of the six other tips is uh, when, I, when my clients leave my office, I'll usually give them, try to give them a little homework. Uh, it's about, again, trying to develop that mindfulness uh, trying to touch base and recognize in the way that we do operate when we're uh, dealing with some emotional issues. And I asked them, when you go home and if anything gets you upset, you know, try to identify the way you're using your language and your voice and let me know if, what, if that was effective, if you raised your voice and you got angry. So I want them to be more mindful and, and, and become more aware that their hostility and their language um, more than times, not just like the example we we're saying with the parents, they're going to come back and say, you know what, doc, that you're right. When I raised my voice, it didn't make things better. The conflict didn't resolve better. Um, uh, with the children, I see the same thing. So it's really the only way anybody is going to improve on these tips and the rest of my tips in my book is if they're willing to be vulnerable and put themselves in these shoes and really examine the way they operate. I always, there's a saying I say in my practice all the time, we're all born with an instruction manual that's empty, and it's your responsibility as you learn how you operate to fill in the blanks and identify if the way you operate is helping you or hurting you, and what are you going to do to make it more effective so that the system runs smoother and doesn't have any hiccups. So check in with yourself is the first uh, uh, tool, uh, uh, sort of assessment to see the way you manage your words and does it eventually make you feel angry, sadder, or happy? And, and let's try to work on that if it's not effective. I like that. I think it's so true. You know, it's that, that timeless wisdom, know thyself. And I guess yeah. to know that ourselves, we have to check in with ourselves. Yeah, and one of my so favorite important. ones is a, 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 life not wor- a life not examined is a life not worth living. And oh, yes. always Absolutely. be reflecting on ourselves. Absolutely. So I love everything you're talking about and teaching about. I think you're such an um, eloquent speaker and a really positive and empowered and powerful teacher. So loving this conversation with you. I'm so glad that you said yes to the interview. So Dr. Johnny Lops, if people want more of you, more of your wisdom, more of your teachings, more of your tips and tools, how can they connect with you? 
Sure. Uh, so the first thing would be just my generic uh, website, uh, drjohnnylops.com, D-R-J-O-H-N-N-Y-L-O-P-S.com. And ultimately, for I'd love for people to check in with me and try to get more about this is by reading my book. Uh, that would be very exciting. I very really appreciate that. And that can be found. <laughs> the link is at my website, but of course, uh, at Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Just search for Johnny Lops, and that will bring you right to the book. Um, but also people can click on my uh, Twitter or Facebook pages and from time to time I update articles that either uh, peers of mine have written and I think are cool or I try to write an article or two every couple weeks and post those for other people to read as well. So awesome. I've really enjoyed you thoroughly. I think you're just, uh, I mean, your book is great. To really talk to you is awesome. And so, yes, I'm going to be connecting with you on Facebook and Twitter myself. So I'm I look forward the dialogue. to that. <laughs> To my listeners, I really want to thank you for hanging out with us here today on Journey to Center Empower Radio. I would love to connect with you on Facebook and Twitter as well. Also, my website, Tammy B PhD, T-A-M-M-I B PhD. You can download my prosperity program with a free guided meditation. You can fill out an application if you've got some challenges and you want to um, ask some questions. I really want to be here to support and empower and uplift you, inspire you. That's why I have these great guests on. I have Dr. Johnny Lops on today to give you a buffet of opportunities to support you in becoming more happy, whole, healthy, healed, and empowered. That's what we're about here at Empower Radio. So, Johnny, we have one minute. Do you have any final words of wisdom or anything else you would like to share with us? A favorite quote? I know you shared a great one. Anything else that you would like to leave us with? We were speaking about this before. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Learn, be interested in yourself. Learn what you're made of. Try different activities. Try different skills, tools, sports, arts. Keep putting yourself out there. We're all good at something. Um, I didn't, who would have known at 35 years old that I'd become a marathon runner? I never ran more than a mile. Um, and it was an unbelievable endeavor. And I really, hard and challenging and painful at times, but I was very proud of myself for that accomplishment. And I just, I wouldn't have known if I didn't persevere and make a lot of mistakes doing that. And I ask you guys to put yourselves out there, make mistakes, learn, grow, and love life. That's that's the secret to happiness. Yeah, love life, love yourself. You're amazing. That's the bottom line. Yeah. All right, God bless you. Love from our hearts to yours, onward and upward. Bye for now.